It's your girl, Quincy. We are here with salt. <laughs> How has Gail oh, made you? Don't get me crying. <laughs> we are here live at the SAG Awards. lesson motherhood has taught you to be honest studio I'm Q. the Q in the studio all right cutie it's different world thanks for coming thank you for thanks being for letting here. me know you it's a mental view of shit over here this is probably the best interview I've ever done and you're such a great interview my this is honestly the best interview I've had in months. I'm hanging out with my booskies. Studio Q, baby! Studio Q Happy Wednesday, everybody. It's your girl, Quincy, host and founder of Studio Q. It's a brand new year. It's my first interview of the year. And uh, I'm so excited. We got somebody magical today, y'all. We got somebody magical and it's his birthday. So I'm super, super excited. Shout out to everybody who's watching this on Studio Q, everybody on the Studio Q Facebook page, everybody who's watching this on the Soul TV Facebook page. Shout out to you guys. Um, everybody who's watching this on YouTube, my YouTube channel. I'm also streaming this on TikTok as we speak. And um, anybody who will hear this later on my Quincy podcast or who's going to watch the replay, thank you so much for pressing play on uh, my first interview of the year with the man, the, the, the singer, the songwriter, um, Rasan Patterson. I mean, this man has been in the game for almost four decades. Do you hear me? Like, you know, and so the idea that I get to interview him on his born day is amazing. Um, you know, I wrote a few things down, but like, I already, I already know, I already know. He's he's been in the business. He's been in the business for so long. I'm honored to get a chance to speak to him. He's in the room. Of I, I, I see you, Ra. I see you, Ra. Look, I'm only saying Ra because I, I don't know you like that. That's I don't know. Fine. I don't know you like that. But I heard other people call you Ra, so I'm like, I see That's him. Fine. I see him. That's, That's fine. <laughs> Man, I am so excited to talk to you. First of all, happy Likewise. birthday. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'm happy to talk to you too. What? Yes. What? Yes, absolutely. Man, boy, you, that, that just tickled my fancy right there. That just tickled my fancy. I mean, when the first time I saw you, I heard somebody else say this in, in one of the interviews that um, I had researched. Like, I knew you, but I didn't know you. Right. <laughs> Right. Sure that's that's the case lot. for a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then you get that a lot, huh? Yeah, I do. And it's okay. You know, um, one of the perks of being an artist, a working artist, is that your work is always there for people to discover. Doesn't matter when they do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, your singing and uh, songwriting styles have been compared to Stevie Wonder. Your voice has been compared to, you know, Shaka Khan. Like, <laughs> You, you 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 run in the great circles, but how do you describe yourself as an artist? Mm. You know, I don't describe myself as an artist uh, through words and conversation. I think it's best described through the work. Mm. Yeah. 
And can you describe your songwriting process? Hmm. Okay. Um, it varies. Um, usually it takes place in the studio. Um, you know, when I'm listening to tracks that may have been submitted or if I'm in the studio and I'm working on uh, tracks myself, coming up with them from scratch. Um, but rarely, I'm not one of those songwriters that sits around with a notepad. Okay. I, don't, I, don't, I don't really, I don't do that. Um, I like to do it in the moment of intentionally recording, you know, okay. in the process of making an album. Like once I decide that that's what I'm going to do and I go full throttle in that, then, you know, I put all my energy into that. And that's when I write. What is that process? How does that process differ when you collaborate with others? Because you've written with some great people, Rochelle, mm -hmm. well, and like, mm -hmm. all, like just so many great people. So what is the dynamic when you are with others? Um, it depends on the scenario. Like if people, there have been songs that uh, other artists have recorded of mine that were original mine and yeah. intended for previous albums, but they didn't make the cut and they heard them and then they recorded them. Um, in other instances, I've had people request for me to write with them. And when that's the case, you know, we go into the studio and, you know, we shoot the shit and vibe and talk and laugh, you know, and with that, I'm able to get a sense of, of who they are and um, just contribute to what it is that they want to say. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, share my melodies and thoughts with them. Well, I, I know I, I, I read somewhere that like up until the Heroes and Gods album, like, you know, you would come up with a, a title or you mm -hmm. come up with like, you know, s some type of theme and the songs would kind of batch themselves from that, right? Yeah. But not with this album. You said, I'm going to let the music dictate it. Can you talk about the difference and like, will you do that again? Well, Heroes and Gods was similar in that way because the title came to me through a song, the song first um, back in like 2014. Mm. And um, I, I was at home and I was working on the idea came to me musically and I started to, you know, get on my keyboard and stuff and come up with uh, the track and then the foundation of the track and the uh, melody of the chorus came to me and the words simultaneously. So Heroes and Gods came as a song first and the title of the song was so good and strong, I felt like, oh, that's the name of the album, you know? Mm -hmm. And every album ends up being the next chapter from the previous last song on the album. Mm -hmm. You know, meaning, yeah. so, you know, I ended Blueforia with God, the song God, and then the album, Net, the next album had to be Heroes and Gods. Similarly to um, all of my previous albums, but normally the 
the album titles have come first. Like when I was making my first album, uh, the title for Love and Stereo came while I was promoting the first album. So, you know, I kind of <laughs> get shown something and then I have to catch up to it. Oh, nice, yeah. nice. So, but did, but did you, was this process different? Like how it came up seems to be similar, but like how you right. actually recorded the rest of the album seemed to be different from the past. Yeah, in the past, once I would decide to like make a record, I would go in and finish it fairly quickly. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Even if it took six months, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but this time it took a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> it took a couple of years. Um, but the beauty of it was that, like I mentioned, the song Heroes and Gods, I started that in 2014. Wow. And so... You know, by 2016, 17, I picked it back up. And amongst the other music that I had been writing for that record, I would go in, you know, start the track or feel the track. And then if if on that day only a chorus came, I would sing the chorus, write the chorus, and I would leave. I wouldn't force it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, I, I allowed for it to tell me what it needed when it needed it you know and i also just took my time that's the main part like i just took my time to do it and um in comparison to the previous albums where it was like okay i'm making a record and we go in and we go in and come out with a song every day yeah. i didn't do that yeah i didn't do that what did that what did that process feel like though not doing it how you did it it felt like you know Freeing in a way, you know, um, because I was in control of the time frame. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There was no pressure to, you got to have this album in by this point. And da, 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 da. It was just like, I'm doing this when I do it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at that point in time, I, I began to own that it's my creativity and... I get to choose when I, you know, mm -hmm. implement, you know, the the process of recording and writing. Mm -hmm. And everybody just kind of has to deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, I, I saw a clip where Van Hunt said, you know, I don't know what time or day it is, but Rob took it to a whole nother level. But when you... <laughs> But when you're an ego, he said, and you're that talented, you just got to sit back and, mm. and, and and ride it. What is that it? Was very sweet. Yeah. What does it feel like to, um, you know, uh, be in an industry where you're, well, first of all, the audience, like the, pe the people who love you, they love you deep. And they I love, love them back. <laughs> yeah, they do. And it, it's a beautiful, wonderful thing. And, you know, that's one of the reasons I was very excited to meet you online prior to this moment, but also to have this moment with you because to your point and what you just said, when I discovered you and saw your interview with Whitney, it was exactly that. You could see the depth of the love. You could see the respect. You could see the joy. You know what I'm saying? And it was reciprocal. And that is what the purpose of what we do as artists is for. 
you know, not only is it for us and sustains our lives, but it does the same for other people. Mm. And when you do have those moments with people who genuinely express the depths of their love and admiration for your gift, it's yeah. it's a beautiful thing to to experience, you know, and it just really affirms that you're serving your purpose. Yeah. You know, yeah. Well, just the fact that you saw the interview, I'm like, what? Rashad, know me? Listen, listen, listen. <laughs> you know, and, you know, that's one of my favorite interviews that I've ever seen of any artist and, you know, a person who supports their, their craft. Um, it was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. And you were honest and she was honest, you know. And one of the reasons it's my favorite is because you connected on a human level, you know what I'm saying? You connected as black women, mm. you know what I'm saying? And for us, it was real as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was real. It was like, yes, you know yeah. what I mean? So of 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 her career spanned interviews, that one is probably one of the best out there, I would say. Are you serious? Oh, absolutely. For sure. Man, you're going to make me cry in this interview. This is about you. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, but you asked the question. I did. I did. I how people love you deep, and, and that came to mind. Oh, so. wow. But what does it feel when you are on the reciprocal end of that? Because um, I heard somewhere that you said, like, it took a while for you to receive the love and embrace it in a way in which it was given. What was that mm -hmm. process for you to get the love that, you know, the kind of love I gave Whitney, the kind of love that mm -hmm. so many people, I mean, they are in this comment section loving you, you know, oh. <laughs> and I'll get to you guys in a second. I'm not ignoring you. Um, but can you describe the process of people being moved by your art by your performance, by your songwriting ability and experiencing, having the Rasan Patterson experience and, you know, mm -hmm. in that before they ever meet you, mm -hmm. what was the process of you being able to receive that? And what did it feel like for you along that way, you know? Ultimately, I had to grow into my power. Mm. I had to grow into the extent of the gift, you know? Um, early on in my recording, solo recording career, like that first album, um, as a songwriter, it was very vulnerable and mm -hmm. transparent, you know what I mean? And I recall when I was 18 and I started writing songs that ended up on my first album, I had to consciously make myself aware, like, yo, as an artist, you are chosen to do it this way. Yes. You're not gonna be making up stories. Mm -hmm. You're going to be writing about your experience and your life and sharing your innermost thoughts and feelings about life, about, you about everything that comes to mind that you want to articulate through song. And that's a very transparent and vulnerable place to be. Yeah. So having made that choice to do that, 
when the album came out, it was like, oh shit. <laughs> like everybody sees me, everybody hears me, you know what I'm saying? And it just, it took a moment to actually face that, you know? Mm -hmm. And in facing that, it was also facing that people were uh, moved by the work, uh, related to the work, you know, related to me, related to my experience, you know? And not that I ever thought that I was, you know, incapable of people relating to me. Mm -hmm. But when you put out your first piece of work, yeah, you know, <laughs> and you are a songwriter who is coming from a transparent mode um, at that age, <laughs> yes, you know, at twenty three, it was like, oh snap, you know, <laughs> um, you enter into a different orbit, you know, and mm -hmm. from there. It was just me further discovering myself and growing into my uh, artistry further, my manhood, you know, um, combating all of the industry bullshit. Yeah. You know, um, stuff that's thrown at you that you don't ever imagine you're going to have to deal with. Mm -hmm. And so while you're going through all of that, you know, you do have people who come into your space and they give you the love and all of that. And it's a lot to take on, you know. Um, however, it's when you're receptive to and open to uh, connection with people, it makes it easier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. You, and, and also the way you describe approaching writing music, you're like, I'm not just writing songs you right. know i'm right. i'm i'm sharing my life mm -hmm. pieces of my life so mm -hmm. what did that ex i mean you talked about the exposure but was there anybody like that knew that you was writing about them oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh absolutely what yeah. is that like do they have a problem with it do they embrace it i know it's your truth but well what is that like? Um, <laughs> I know from two people in particular that it wasn't easy to mm. be on the other end of the storytelling and be a part of the story and having been a key player in the scenario of the song, you know. Um, however, it was not only my truth, but it was a truth that everybody involved participated in. Yeah. You know, it was my perspective um, and that was accepted and mm -hmm. had to be accepted, you know, um, just as much as I had to accept whatever happened, you know what I'm saying? Right, so, right. You know, um, but yeah, it wasn't easy. <laughs> and I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine that it would ever be easy, particularly if the song, you know, isn't so loving, or you know, happens to present, you know, some type of harsh wrongdoing of some sort. You know, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And I want to talk about your performance because, like, just your your how you are on stage, how mm -hmm. you. Because you said, you know, you're not up there dancing, 
you know, trying to make people applaud. You are in your moment, emoting, feeling what you feel, singing how you sing, connecting how you connect. Can you talk about what it feels like to be up there? Because you said sometimes you go all the way to outer space, you know? Yeah. And I want to know, like, what it feel like up there? And Ooh. how long can you stay? Well, the length tends to be however long the song is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, you get to do that throughout an entire set. So, you know, with each song, you get to travel. Um, the feeling is euphoric, you know, mm -hmm. um, it is, it's oneness with the universe, really, mm -hmm. you know, um, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to describe. Yeah, but, no, I see. But I feel like the feeling that one gets observing that or being in the room with that. Mm -hmm. The thought that comes of, oh my goodness, and that feeling, that's mm -hmm. the closest thing to being able to express it. Like, it's, it's a feeling that doesn't necessarily have a definition mm -hmm. that it can't be defined really. Yeah. Um, but I guess the closest thing would be whatever people experience, if they can put it into words, great. If they can't, that's what it is. Okay, okay. And I remember I did an interview with uh, Kirk Whalum and I asked him, when we as an audience come and, come and see you, you know, we're getting a show, right? Mm -hmm. But you being on stage with the other musicians, it feels like there's a whole other level of communication going oh, yeah. on. For sure, there's a conversation that's happening. And that is what assists in the ascension. Okay. Because everyone on stage musically is communicating and having a conversation and playing a part in the engine being turned on and revved up and then take off, mm -hmm. you know? And people who are observing that also play a part in it. You know, it's, it's like, people standing around watching a rocket take off. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, it's, it's very similar to that. Well, I actually have an example of it. And just for people who don't know what I'm talking about, um, in one concert, I don't know if you knew she was there, but Rochelle Farrell came up on stage and mm -hmm. uh, let's take a look. <laughs> Oh, my man. Oh, my man. Oh, my man. 
both of y'all, I'm like, we, I feel like we're witnessing something that's private. <laughs> you know what I mean? What does it feel like to be up there to be y'all? Mm. It's a gift. It's a blessing. Um, um, it's beautiful. And that just brought up, you know, a few memories and um, she's a monster and a beast and beautiful and yeah. <clears throat> but so are you. So Thank it's... You. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so it's like, you know, it's 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 watching two greats have a conversation, mm -hmm. you know, and we get to witness and experience it. But you guys are having a whole other thing going on. Mm -hmm. is, is 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 the magic of your artistry. You yes, know? it is indeed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you know, being able to um, have that communal experience with like-minded or like spirit or you know <laughs> uh others who come from perhaps a different uh galaxy <laughs> <laughs> if you will uh -huh. um you know it is it's really been something to connect with those entities like her, mm -hmm. like Layla Hathaway, like Lettucey, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, there's a, uh, it's been very comforting for me mm -hmm. to have established rapport and relationship with them in this lifetime mm -hmm. um you know i think highly of them and their gifts you know and so to be able to have those moments mm -hmm. artistically and creatively it just makes my life that much better mm -mm -mm. well i want to talk mm -hmm. about you being or what other people say, lots of other people say, underrated. But what I know about what you said is that you never aspired to be mainstream and you know what everybody thinks is is is, is popular. You, you've always said like, if I could sing, I'm good. Mm -hmm. So how do you even look at the term underrated and how do you receive or reject it? Well, I receive it because I understand people's intention in, mm -hmm. in, in using the word or, in, mm -hmm. or referencing me as being such. Um, I knew early on that my path was not going to be the typical one, you know? Yeah, how early and, did you know that? How early did you know that? Um. Probably like seven or eight. Wow. <laughs> you special. Wow. Uh, you know, seven or eight. And to be frank, I wasn't pleased with the knowing 
and and the clarity of that being the case like it made me scared for the mm. future for the future as a little boy like you know i felt an immense pressure before anything ever happened to me career wise mm -hmm. you know and i didn't know what it was about i didn't know where it was coming from mm -hmm. um i just knew that there was a feeling that was overwhelming and once I started to sing more and be supported by family members, um, like my grandmother, my sister, my parents, just in terms of nudging me along mm -hmm. and making me aware that the gift of singing was something that I had, then it started to make more sense, you mm -hmm. know? Um, and then when I had gone to California and was on TV singing and stuff. Then it was like, oh, okay, okay, you know. And then there was a period of rejecting the responsibility. Explain further what responsibility <laughs> you speaking of. <laughs> the responsibility of truly walking in your purpose. Mm. You know, like you hear people say, well, it's not my responsibility. Y'all got to raise your kids. Y'all got to tell them what they should be playing and listening to. True. There's also a part of, uh, I think, our nature as spiritual beings that come here with an innate understanding of how we should really be living, mm -hmm. you know, in terms of... Uh, being connected and on one accord, mm -hmm. you know, I think there's a tendency for us to forget that. And it's okay because everybody has the right to walk their path to get to further enlightenment and back to understanding and mm -hmm. walking the walk that we're all supposed to be doing together. Mm -hmm. Um. But there was a period where the pressure of that is the whole idea is like, I don't want that. Right. And I, and I think that that's the case for a lot of people who assume the role of artists without fully getting the magnitude of it. Mm -hmm. Because there is first the responsibility to yourself and your spirit. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, and honoring that truth, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, and again, everybody has the right to go down whatever paths and whatever go through whatever doors they need to go through, um, to get back to who they are. Um, I just believe that there's an innate knowing that we all come equipped with, mm -hmm. and um, I believe time has presented that we are capable of what we imagine to be the most kumbaya moment in the world. Yeah. Um, but it, it takes a lot of uh, full clarity and connection to the universe for that to occur. Yeah. And, and it's not mandatory because when mm -hmm. you have that for yourself, that's enough, mm. quite honestly. Mm-hmm.
I, I love that. Yeah, you, you expanded on that thing. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, you spoke about going to California and like, you know, your grandmother kind of uh, nudging you and, and, and forcing you to sing in the church. Your, your sister saying, come on, sing at this talent show. Exactly. You know, <laughs> you know? but you said when you got that call and I got to put this in here from Chip Fields. Okay. Mm -hmm. Tootie's mama. Tootie's Tootie's mama. mama. Burning kids with irons. Titties, mama. (laughs) (laughs) The great Chip Fields, though, because she has helped and 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 groomed and 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 and, uh, so many of our stars out there. Chip has worked with, and you got that call to what? What did you sing? Like a Patty LaBelle song? I sang the first line of "If Only You Knew," and the story is: I was in the bed on a Wednesday night in the Bronx and it was August, so we didn't have school. And um, my mother came in the room and she was like, Rasan, Tootie's mother's on the phone. Like, <laughs> I'm glad she said Tootie's mother. Tootie's, mo- Tootie's mother's on the phone and she wants you to sing something for her. So I get up, go in my mother's father's room. I get on the phone she's like, hey baby, um, can you sing me something real quick? So I sing the first line of it for me, you know, she says, okay, put your mama back on. And I go back to bed. I get to bed like, whoo. <laughs> and then my mother comes back in minutes later and she's like, okay, you gotta wake up because you're gonna pack a bag and you're gonna go to California tomorrow and you're gonna audition for a TV show. And if you don't get the part, she'll send you back home. And if you get the part, you're gonna live with her and Tootie for a little while until somebody from our family comes out. Wow. And so next thing I know, Thursday morning, I wake up and my father's driving me around to say goodbye to my family. Um, And then I go to the airport and I get on a plane by myself. Never been on a plane at 10 ever. And I land in Los Angeles. And when I get out from the plane and come up the jetway uh, walkway thing, I see Tootie and I see Chip Fields and I see her daughter Alexis, who was three at the time. Oh, wow. And we got in her car and we drove from the airport to Pico Boulevard in La Brea. Okay, I know what and, that is. And, and they- to be a golden bird right there like in this mini mall shopping center but she had a conservatory where she had you know kids up to like 18 19 20 years old um they were she was producing a play but it was also where people youth went to learn singing and dancing and acting and all that stuff and so she put me in the play immediately the day i landed so she never intended on sending me home <laughs> and um, Friday came and I auditioned. She took me to the audition and I auditioned for Kids Incorporated. And then Monday I started work. Oh, I started work at like six in the morning, had to be up to be there at seven, you know, and going through makeup and all that stuff. And like we would have to be on set to start work at like eight o'clock. Your ten-year-old mind with this—this is like overnight. 
Listen. And how did Tootie's mama know you could sing? Who, who told her about you? Okay, so <laughs> my uh, my sister's friend, we all went to the same school in the Bronx. I was in the elementary part. They were in the junior high part. And my sister's friend was in Cali visiting uh, Chip and Kim because that's her niece, cousin situation. And the producers from the show asked her chip you know if she could you know give them uh a kid who could sing and she happened to ask her niece you know any little black boys who could sing and she said yeah my friend's little brother can sing and so they called me that night oh my goodness and then the next day my whole life was like change 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 well i see in the comments miss miss Myasha, I'm sorry if I'm messing up your name. I wonder if there was any trauma behind having to say goodbye to your family and, it, and if it affected your feelings about the industry. Hmm. Um, I was having this conversation with my oldest sister the other day. Um, because in reflecting about what that time was for me, I felt alone. You know, um, I had to grow up faster, Yeah. you know, because I was put in a scenario situation where I had to be on my own. You know, I'm living essentially with strangers. I see them on TV, but I don't know these people. Right. You know, and I'm, I don't have the comfort insecurity of my grandmother and grandfather anymore, my father and mother, my sisters. And it was interesting because, you know, children adapt so easily to whatever's going on. Mm -hmm. So by day, I'm on Kids Incorporated singing and dancing and Mm -hmm. costumes and with other kids who are singing and dancing. So it's a world of like, oh, this is fun. And then in the evening, I would go and do the play that she put me in that she was directing that was a religious-based play, Mm -hmm. musical. And then I'd get home at like 12 o'clock at night and get in the bed and be like, where is everybody? Mm. like in you know sleeping in the other bedroom and my sisters are not there I'm not arguing with them you know what I'm saying we not trading food you know what I mean yeah yeah and it was rough you know and um with that experience it conditioned me to in a lot of ways like be easily adaptable with being on my own and alone. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And that, that's where solitude came from, huh? Well, that was the start of it, you know. Um, now, you know, it makes it possible for me to exist in a way where like, I know I'm loved. I know I have friends and family that I love, but I'm also able to be on my own and alone in the world. You know, Mm -hmm. I'll miss people, but the need for certain 
tangible things, not so much. Wow. You know what, what I mean? Yeah. It's, but it's I, interesting. But I'm also listening like, I'm like, you was working 100 hours a day. <laughs> Not just okay, bump the okay, the trauma, the the solitude, the, the family, that's its own thing. But I'm Work. I, I'm thinking where, where the child labor laws, because you was <laughs> well, you know, okay. Now the, the child labor laws were absolutely in place during the day for the TV show. <laughs> you know. Um and I'm grateful for the experience though, because that created my uh, ability to be professional. Mm -hmm. um, it also uh, gave me stamina okay. to be able to do what I do, you know what I'm saying? And do it as long as I've been doing it. And at the um, level, and at the level. Right, right, exactly which is a blessing and, and I'm grateful for that. Um, but yeah, when I look back, you know, there are moments today where I'm like, I could retire. Seriously. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I be feeling like, oh shit, <laughs> you know? Um, and I think of almost 40 year career of doing anything, you anything. would get, you would get to that place of like, now I can just, whew, mm -hmm. you know, and there's still joy in doing what I do. Um, I just understand and have to uh, allow for the truth to, to, to hit me that I've been doing this as long as I have. And I have a right to feel how I feel about it, mm -hmm. you know, um, regardless of what other people think or feel. Mm -hmm. um, and it's my choice. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, uh, I don't plan on not creating anymore. There are just moments where it's like, okay, <laughs> next. <laughs> right. You know? And you know, that brings up a thought of when people ask you, you know, when's the next album? When's the next album? And you're like, I have to live life. Yeah. You know what I mean? I have to have something to say. I'm yeah. not a person who's just going to say something just to be saying something. And not to mention what you just shared with us about working since you were 10 yeah. as an adult. Yeah. On, because it was a kid show, but you had oh, adult was... responsibility. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I... Again, I understand when people say, where's the next record? <clears throat> um, and if I'm in the mood to respond, <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's a response that is acknowledging their uh, support and desire for another album. Um, I also feel that what I have put out is uh, a substantial amount of energy and love, quality, mm -hmm. um, 
none of it is filler, you know. Um, timeless, timeless. It's it's enough to feed on for eternity. Yes. You know what I mean? Um, and I look forward to continuing to create and make art when it hits me, you know, when I feel it's time for me to do that. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> you like, I got to have something to say. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I have to be propelled and compelled to to want to do it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And again, like work that's out there is there for people to discover still. Mm -hmm. You know, and if they discover it tomorrow and they decide to take the journey from the beginning to now, mm -hmm. they won't need another record. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? For a while. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. No, no, I, I, I feel that. Now, you're never one of these artists who pretended to be something that um, you're not. You said being who you are is just, it's just not any other option. How did you arrive at your authentic self so early? And I'm only saying that because people work hard mm. to be authentic. You know, mm -hmm. some people just are, mm -hmm. but there are a whole bunch of humans out here who have to shed masks to mm -hmm. be who they are. And it just seems like you've known who you are for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And how did that come to be? Was it just innate or? It was from my family. You know, I know I say this all the time, but it's the truth. My, we were raised to be us. You know what I'm saying? Like we were raised to know um, where we come from. Mm -hmm. We were raised to know the gifts we have. We were raised to know where the gifts come from. We were raised to know that there's only one of us, mm. each of us, you know what I mean? Like, and we were, we were raised with the right to express ourselves. Mm -hmm. Even if you got fucked up for it. You could yeah. still say what you was going to say. You know what I mean? Right. And we, my whole family, that's that's just how we were raised. And I'm grateful for that. Um, and I recognize over time, I, I it was clearer that not everybody is or was fortunate enough to have that type of upbringing, which instills in you early that you have a right to be who you are mm -hmm. you know and as long as you're respectful of others you mm -hmm. know and you're not intentionally harming or hurting people and you're minding your business <laughs> yeah you know do you mm -hmm. you know and i grew up looking at the elders in my family live you know, even being religious, mm. you know, Love that. live, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Um, my aunt, who was a bishop, she had a different walk and a different path. So she didn't live the way her siblings did. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So uh -huh. we were able to witness real life with real people, yeah. but also have 
a foundation rooted in spirit and church, you know, and God. Mm -hmm. And we also had the right and we're given the space to, to find our own relationship with God and the mm. source. You know what I'm saying? Early on, it was, you know, holiness church, deliverance, you know, that whole experience. But as we got older, it was like, you know, you, you walk your path, you find what works for you, and you do that. Mm. Mm. Now, there are so many singers out here who wasn't raised in the church. I feel like this is the first time in history, really, that we got a bunch of singers now who weren't raised in the church, like you singing in the church and everything like that. Can you talk about how singing, even though your grandma nudged you to do it, um, serves as the foundation, you know, or foundation, foundational part in your artistry? Like, you know, just that being your roots, how does it, how does it speak to your it's a, it's, it's an immediate connection to spirit. Okay. Period. It's a connection to the source. Period. Mm -hmm. You know, which is why a lot of the music that is newer from the performers who did not have that experience, and not that that's the only way that you can be connected to spirit. Um, right. However, in comparison to generations prior mm -hmm. were raised mm -hmm. in that the output of work really tapped into your spirit mm -hmm. now it just kind of taps into you know making people want to do a booty dance right you know what i mean yeah yeah you know and not to say that that doesn't connect to spirit in some way or part of spirit. Um, but yeah, it's, it's having that as a foundation and growing up that way for me was an immediate connection to God and, and that there's something greater than you and that there's a purpose that needs to be served in terms of healing or assisting in the healing of humanity. Mm. Mm. I don't know. I, I, I felt I need the tambourine on the end of that. Like that's, that's real. Mm. You know? Mm -hmm. And I think that is a key element is missing to some extent for a lot of what is being pushed as music currently. Um, I feel like the aspect of healing and being intentional, similar to like, I was watching the Dionne Warwick documentary mm. the other day and, you know, Snoop was sharing how she yeah. called, she called them all in, you know, and told, told them what she told them. And they got it though. Like he got it, he got the lesson mm -hmm. and shifted you know, his consciousness and then his work shifted. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And there just seems to be a lack of awareness that uh, 
could be dedicated to the healing of our existence mm -hmm. in totality. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, it, and it's as simple as adjusting your mindset and your pen. Mm. Yeah, because you said music saved your life, you know? Right. And as it does, as it does for the generations who are doing it now, you know, they have their favorite performers and singers, you know, mm -hmm. and I think also there's the element, quite frankly, of people wanting to achieve success rooted in needing attention. Yeah. And wanting to be rich and live an existence that is, you know. <laughs> lifestyles of the rich and famous type, you know what I'm saying? And to each his own and, and congrats to everybody who, you know, makes their dream come true. Mm -hmm. um, as it pertains to work that could be done that's spirit rooted, mm -hmm. you know, and life altering in, in, in the most positive way, um, I think that works still needs to be done on a grand scale, you know, particularly with the industry being how it is now and the things that younger generations are aspiring to, not all of, you know, the younger folks, but, you know, when you turn on our radio or you turn on and you just look at what's being forced for us to look at and respond to you know when you travel to different countries and you are able to look at us from over there mm. it's not always pretty you know it looks maddening it wow. looks like nuts wow wow you know what i'm saying yeah because everybody doesn't have that experience of going to different countries like you go and perform all, you know, over the world. So yeah. you get to look at us from, through their eyes as well. You totally. Know, and, and you get to further understand that as Americans, you know, we don't have the history that these other countries do. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you're talking about countries that have existed, you know, in ancient times, yeah. you know, and as Americans, we're still... So we're still learning and we're still trying to figure it out, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. What what lesson do you feel has taken you the longest to learn? Mm. <laughs> uh. mm. Probably being non-emotionally reactive. Mm. You know, I'm much better than I was. Uh, however, moments still arise where I have to internally check myself like and pull myself back. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, another thing that I learned about you, which was very shocking, is that you said even though people and I'm anybody who's watching this right now will probably walk away with this uh description that 
calm. Right. <laughs> but on the inside, sometimes, maybe yeah. not in this moment, that right. anxious. Yeah. Yeah. Can you talk, can you talk about that duality of how you come across one way, but you are all over the place sometimes inside? Um, I believe that the being all over the place inside with anxiety at times. I think a lot of that stems from the creative part. Okay. You know, I think I, I need that to be responsive to emotion and things mm. so that I can make sense of it and then create, mm -hmm. you know? Okay. Um, my nature though, is very observant and quiet. My nature is that. Um, <laughs> but I'm definitely sensitive to other energies. So, you know, another reason why I spend a lot of time alone. <laughs> you I know. That. I love that answer. Back in um, <clears throat> 2000, one, you opened for, you know, Rufus and Shaka Khan and Earth, Wind and Fire. And you said, like, you know, that was another nerve wracking experience because it was arenas. Right. Yeah. You know, so talk about Rasam Patterson, the performer, you know, in the arena version versus the intimate. And would you go back to arenas or <laughs> talk about your experience as a performer in those realms? Um stage uh, of my career and my experience on various stages, sizes, rooms, I'm able to do what I need to do to mm -hmm. connect with the people. Mm -hmm. um, at the time of touring with Earth, Wind & Fire and Rufus and Shaka Khan, I was still very much more secure having band members with me, you know, like a team, like a gang, yeah. like my people, you know what I mean? Right. right. Um, and in that scenario, you know, you got Earth, Wind & Fire with a big ass band, you know, you had Rufus and Shaka, which was smaller, but she had her backup. She had her, yeah. her crew. Right. And for me at the time, I was only allowed two singers and not allowed what I could afford. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what, what, was, what was, you know, enough for me to make a little coin and be able to pay people. Right. I had, I take, took two singers and a mm -hmm. uh, keyboard player who also played guitar and, uh, Jamie Jazz, who I've worked with on my, he was the musician that came with me on that tour and Trina Broussard and Robert Valverde came as the singers. And in my mind, when they first presented to me, oh, you know, they want you to go on tour with them or for the fire groups, I was like, oh shit, y'all, I'm bring my band, it's gonna be dope. And then it was like, but you can't really afford to do that. So you have to chop it down and it devastated me. I was like, oh, you know, 
mainly because again, I felt more secure also at that time, having my people there and knowing that we were gonna be on this tour. And arena's this big ass rooms and I'm just like on some yeah. acapella damn thing. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so um, however, it was that tour that reminded me that simplicity is key. Mm. And that setup allowed for people to really hear my voice. Yeah. To hear my songs, to hear my heart, you know? And it wasn't in the middle of bass and drums and this and that. It was just one mic. <laughs> yeah. And it was that tour that solidified that for me. Like, you can do this, you can use your gift at any capacity. You know, like, you don't need 12 people on stage with you. You know, your voice will carry you, your heart, your purity will carry you, your songs will carry you, and they will be impactful the same, mm -hmm. you know? And I appreciated it in hindsight, you know, once it was all said and done, because it was a different approach. Mm. You know? And I'm always here for the alternative approach than what everybody else is doing. Oh, so so it it, it was it was a teachable Absolutely. experience. Absolutely. As frightening <laughs> as it was. It was frightening for you. Oh my God. Like, you know, <laughs> you know, when you go into certain parts of the, of the US, you know, in, in two thousand and one. And <laughs> you on stage in these big ass arenas, and three quarters of the room is empty because gotcha. they know that Shaka and Rufus ain't on yet, and Earth and Fire. We can get my popcorn. Exactly. I'll meet y'all outside. Stop. We can get gas. You know, we can, we can do all kind of shit before we go. So. A lot of times I was performing for people who specifically were like, we're going to arrive so that we could see him because they had purchased mm. my albums and were supporters of what I do. And so that was lovely to feel. But then there were also moments where, you know, you'd hear people, I'd see people walking in and they'd be sitting down and they see, who the fuck is that? You know, just like, <laughs> you know, just, 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 things that you got to deal with mm. at the level that you're at. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And all of those things you need to process because mm -hmm. it's a part of your development mm. and, and your understanding of what this thing really is about. And you get to learn what you're capable of. Because, mm -hmm. you know, some people don't survive this yes they don't some people some people have these desires to do it and they get in there and then they run away because it's no joke mm -hmm. you know and it's a lot to take on and it's a lot to feel you know what i mean like you know and i've had those all those moments you know and and those experiences which have taught me and 
brought me to the place that I am now with the experience that I have. When you left um, Kids Incorporated and you went on tour with Martika, what did that experience, you know, teach you? Like just listening to you talk about the earth, wind and fire, like you yeah. were so much younger yeah. then, but what did that teach you that the show could never teach you? The music business, because the television industry is different. Right. You know, mm -hmm. um, Hollywood is very different. Mm -hmm. Um, you have less control in Hollywood than you do in the music industry when you're the artist. Okay. You know, um, singing with her was intentional because I wanted to at least get a taste of what I was going to have to experience as a solo artist. In, did in you get it? Oh, absolutely. I did. However, you know. Uh oh. <laughs> Similar to imagining, you know, the death of a parent, you don't really know it. You don't really know until you experience it. Yeah. You can look from the sidelines, but once you walk that particular path, mm. then you get it. Mm. So, you know, I learned a lot in the background and I was observing her having to deal with record industry stuff and i knew that i would have to you know take on some of that in my own career um but she was also not a black male who was queer right <laughs> big difference big, big difference, difference. Big you know difference. what i'm saying yeah. yeah yeah um so that whole thing was a different experience man but yeah. i learned so much and I got to see the world, you know. That's what I'm talking about. At an early age, I got to to really see the world and also support okay. her. Yeah. You know, so I know what it is to support a singer mm -hmm. as a background singer. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And um, that's a whole different job position to hold also and it's and it's meaningful sure. and it's and it's and it's and it's needed you know absolutely yeah. it's, it's 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 so needed it's so needed well i want to know like how growing up in the church being in the music industry where you know people want you to have videos where you're with girls but but you ain't about that life and and you're confident about who you are and you don't have to put on a facade because as you say, your parents raised you to be that who you are was enough. Right. Can you just talk about growing up? I mean, in that environment, I mean, as an artist, like, you know, being queer, being in the music industry and being authentic and everything outside of you is pushing against that. Hmm. Mm. Um, it has been trying, <laughs> you know. Um, however, going back to what I mentioned before, like I knew that my path was not going to be typical, mm -hmm. you know. So I, in some ways, had mentally prepared myself and had some sort of armor, mm. you know, to be able to like, 
stand up for myself, you know, push through and not believe uh, a lot of the things that they attempt to make you believe mm -hmm. about yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, the doubt that they attempt to instill in you, you know, and they tried it many <laughs> times. I know they did. Many, many, many times, you know. Um, and, you know, I just pushed through and had the support of managers, attorneys, who, in my case, you know, when I have my record deals and all that, that the one stipulation that was mandatory for me was that they have to put my records out. Mm. So, you know, it wasn't going to be a case of, oh, you got a record deal and you make a record and then we just put it on the shelf. Because that happens, people. It happens all the time. Mm -hmm. And so I'm grateful that, you know, I had people in support of me to be able to make sure that I was provided with that, mm -hmm. I, you know, um, because people don't know what they don't know. Mm. So when you put a record out, some people know. Mm -hmm. And that's how they discover. That's how they learn who you are. And that's how they end up coming to your shows for 30 years. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Versus some stories, unfortunate ones, where people reach the dream and then it gets cut off. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I'm grateful to my family because genetically and spiritually, like that's the main reason I've been able to survive. Wow. Through this whole thing. Wow. You know, and you go from the church, so I would think that you would get pushed back before you even hit the industry. You know, nah, but that's what I'm saying. Like my grandmother, who was, you know, the mother of my family's church and my aunt, who was the pastor of our church, they were aware that the gift would create space for me to utilize it. Okay. And they told me that mm. and they poured into me in that way. And, you know, we couldn't sing secular music in my grandmother's house, but she knew that when we went to our own homes that life was happening. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. as kids, again, we was we were witnessing life happen. Mm -hmm. So when the opportunity came for me to go to Hollywood and be on TV and sing songs of the day, pop music and all that, mm -hmm. they didn't resist that. Yeah, it was supported. Yeah, you know what I mean. So as religious as she was, it was like, hey, go do the work that you've been put here to do. Yeah, you and, know? You, and, and you were doing it, you know. Right, and and I'm again blessed to have that level of support mm -hmm. for my entire life. Mm -hmm. When you spoke a bit about the the the, the pushback and everything, um, you know, I think of a song on the Blue Foria album. Mm. Uh, nothing can stop me from singing on the mountaintop. Mm. And when I think of you, you're always singing from the mountaintop, right? Mm. 
But has there ever been times in your life, in your career, where you was at the bottom of that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, During that Wines and Spirits period, Mm. which was my fourth album. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, songs like Pitch Black. (laughs) Um, Start Breaking My Heart, even, you know, that was a period where it was it was quite dark for me. Mm. Also, after hours was was a darker period, um, and both of those records were created during a time of grieving. Okay. The the the, the passing and transitioning of my father. Mm. So four years in. Two years in, actually, um, mm-hmm. two two years after his transition, I started working on After Hours, and no, that's not true. I started working on it uh, two months after he passed away, mm. and it wasn't until two years after that that it started to really impact me, and I started to feel the loss. Wow! So it took some time. Oh God, yeah. It took mm. some time. Um, it took a lot of time and it took a lot out of me emotionally. And um, so both of those records were created in darker periods as a result of grieving. Yeah. 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 Well, did the music uh, serve as therapy for you? Absolutely. Like when I started recording after I was two months after he passed away, I knew I had to go to work. Okay. I knew I had to I had to be in the studio. I had to be creative. I had to be on the road. I had to be with my people creating music and singing because if I weren't, it wouldn't have been good. What, what yeah. was your what was your daddy like? Oh, he was funny. He was uh, he was a singer too. Oh, really? Yeah, he could sing. He could emulate anybody. He um, used to emulate Frankie Beverly really well. Oh. Used, I mean, like literally, like if you just heard him and didn't see him emulating Frankie, you would think it was Frankie. Oh, wow. Um, James Brown, he could emulate very well. Um, but he was funny. He was very charismatic. Mm-hmm. Um, and he loved music. He loved great art. You know, he uh, he's responsible for the level of passion that I have for music and art. Mm. He was, uh, you know, my parents were Studio Fifty Four era parents. <laughs> 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 and so, you know, my daddy would come home madly early in the morning, you know, four hours before having to wake up to go to work. <laughs> and, you know, he always had a DJ set up, uh, two turntables, mixer, albums, all that. And my room would always be against the wall from the living room. So he would come in mad late, lit, and <laughs> turn 
and play music at three, four in the morning loud. Wow. And literally, it would wake me up. <laughs> and when he would do that, though, I would be excited. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and then he would come in my room and he would pull me out to bed and he would stand out. He would bring me out in front of the turntables and the speakers and he would make me listen to certain parts of certain songs over and over and over. Like, you know, he would describe what was happening in the song. He would ask me if I could hear the melody of what the guitar was playing. You know what I mean? And he just awakened me to have the ear to be able to listen and dissect, you know? Mm -hmm. And that level of dissection and focus created the passion that I have, which ultimately has helped to mold me into the artist that I am to make the music that I do. Mm. I feel like you was in a master class. Totally. Just standing there with him at four in the morning while he's high as hell. <laughs> you know? And, you know, just really pouring into me and giving me a gift. Mm -hmm. Giving me a gift of music and teaching me that every element of the song is important and the power of each instrument that's being played by someone mm. and what that person is contributing to the overall impact of the song. Come on, you Dad. Know? I mean. <laughs> Come on, Dad. And, and, you know, I'm five, six, seven, standing there like... <laughs> You know, but he wouldn't send me to bed. I couldn't go back to bed until I, he saw that I got what he was saying. So he would play certain parts over and over and over, which is part of my problem if I'm in the car listening to music. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm rewinding shit still. Like, wow. It's because it's, it's part of your foundation. It's part of your foundation. What did yeah. your parents and your family think of, you know, your success, your, your, your career? You know what I mean? Like, what? What did they think, or what mm. do they think of they, Rasan, the you know Rasan Patterson out in the mm, world? Like you know, they mm, see you. They grew up with you, but mm, all that has paid off. Like you're doing what your daddy, in, you know, influenced you to do. Thinking mm -hmm, mm -hmm. at grandma's, your sister, like mm -hmm. you all had a part. Because I think you even said that first album was to to say y'all stuff, y'all y'all. It paid off. Yes, I got yes. the album. I'm on MCA. It paid right. off. Right. And that was just, that first album was certainly a gift to my family and my father and mother um, that they had done well, you know, and that I listened and that I heard, you know. Um, ultimately, they are proud, you know, and um, I'm more clear um, about the extent of the pride because now I get to see younger people in my family who I support and want to see the best for and provide and, and nudge, you know, <laughs> and, you know, they're 
accomplishments so far. I mean, the level of pride that I feel, and they're just, mm -hmm. you know, my little cousins is monumental. Yeah. So I can imagine, you know, what my parents feel, what my father mm -hmm. felt, you know, with every album I released prior to his passing and seeing me in concert and, you know, like, mm -hmm. I know that they feel like they did, they did what they needed to do. Yeah, because it's, yeah. it's one thing when, you know, you they baby, you they brother, you they cousin, but it's another thing, you know, like you going to work with your mom or you going to work mm -hmm. with your dad, like mm -hmm. they see you on stage, yeah. you know, the embodiment of everything, plus you coming through there, the spirit Absolutely. there. Absolutely, and it's still like that with my mother um, who, you know, graduated from performing arts high school as an actress and theater and all that. She, who is the one who said, you're packing this bag, you're going to live the TV and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> This is what you're doing. Um, and you said she was your first God, too. Exactly. So um, with that being said, it was very interesting to have such a closeness and connection to her before coming to California because, you know, when my mother went to the bathroom, I had to go to the bathroom with her to make sure she was in the bathroom. You know, it was that. It was that kind of like, where you at? Where you at? <laughs> I love it. But I the moment it. she said to me, "This is what you're going to do. You're going to go to California." Blah, 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 I believed it, and I knew it, and I, mm -hmm. you know, and from that moment, the little boy that needed to follow her around was gone. Mm. Once, once, once that was the plan and she articulated that, mm -hmm. I just knew like, okay, this is the next part. I got to go do this because my mother said, <laughs> you know. I, I know, but it's um, like so wild because you were so young. Yeah. Yeah. 10. Um, but as far as her pride today, like she comes to my shows when she can and, you know, I get to see and feel as an adult, you know, the pride that she carries and the love that she has for me and still the pride of seeing your child be free. Mm. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And you get to see that reflected in her eyes. Totally. Yeah. And, and and my father's similar. Like they get to see their child be free and walk in his truth, and let's you know just do him. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you talked a little bit about like your little cousin stuff. Who's the little kids that you put on your Instagram? Because every time I see a picture with you and them, I think the movie Crooklyn. I just <laughs> I think they're so beautiful. Right. Thank you. Thank you so, 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 so much. Those are my second cousins. Their mother um, passed away uh, back in 2015 and by suicide. Mm -hmm. And so the children at the time were present, you know, for, mm. that, for all of that. And so I don't know what that experience is. Um, when that happened, 
my mother went back to New York to take care of them also with her sister, who is their grandmother. And my mother <laughs> put them in the world of Kids Incorporated right after that happened. So she was playing videotapes and stuff for them. So they were put into that whole world of what that show was. Mm. As well as, you know, recognizing, oh, that's your cousin who comes over and blah, 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 blah. And from there, it really forged a bond between us. For me, mainly because, you know, I'm a family person anyway. Mm -hmm. So that's just innately who I am, what I do support and love my family. But those babies, at the time, they were like four. The twins were four, and then it was like five, and then six, and then the oldest was 10 when that mm. happened. And it was traumatic for all of us, um, but for them, even more so, having been present. Mm -hmm. And so they essentially were gifted to me and mm. the rest of us. Like, you know, I don't have my own kids, but I got them. Yeah. You know what I mean? That whole village thing. Exactly. <clears throat> and, you know, I just love them to death and want to just continue to provide love and ear and just be there for them as they transition into teenagers. Yeah. And, you know, I'm so, I'm so happy that you're there for them. Like the joy yeah. that I see uh, coming through those pictures, you know, just warms my heart every time I see it, you know? Yeah. I mean, those are my babies. And they bring me so much joy, mm -hmm. you know, and they keep my inner child alive, you know? <laughs> and that's good. That is good. Well, before I get to this lightning round, this Rasan Patterson lightning round, I wanted to play a clip by uh, Shaka Khan because I was watching this interview. But let me, I got a picture of you and her. I love this picture. Yeah, look, look at this one. Ah, Come on now. Come on. That's an album cover, really. That's okay. really an album cover, right? Oh, that's my baby. That, yes. Yeah. And I was watching, you know, in my research of you, I was watching, you know, a Vlad TV interview, and Lunel had asked Shaka, y'all got to go to YouTube if y'all want to see what she said about not working with other people. Ariana Grande. <laughs> But, but let's see what she said about working with your boy right here. Hold on. Great Come on, album. who haven't you worked with? My God. A lot who of people. Who haven't you worked with that you would like to work with? I, I love Rasan Patterson. Oh, yeah. Oh, he'll love And one day we are going to sing something together. One day we, we'll work together. What does it feel like to hear somebody you grew up with listening to? Rufus, first Rufus, right. then Rufus and Shaka Khan, then right. Shaka Khan. Right. It feels like a dream. <laughs> um, and then it feels like reality. I love you that. know, you yeah. know. Um it's still there's still moments where it's like, oh man, is this really happening? And then yes, it is really happening. Yes. Yes. You are really sitting with her in her house and chilling with her and 
<laughs> yeah. Um, but that's that's my heart right there. I love that. Can you tell me, like, you know, the Rochelle Pharrells, the Layla Hathaways, the, you know, Shaka Khan, you know, that's a whole other level just because you were listening to her as a kid. Mm -hmm. How have you been able, maybe because you're an artist and people look to you the same way you may have looked at her, how are you able to um, set aside that, like you said, sometimes it's real, sometimes it's whatever, because one thing um that i i don't think i was if i was a, able to, to master is my starstruckness of Whitney. <laughs> i was too right, right. listen i i made her say friend instead of fanatic because i didn't yeah. like that word yeah. um and i knew that you know if she saw me again i didn't i, I knew she would associate me with that show but i didn't want that word right. to be associated with it but whitney was open you know yeah. i could have been but i was too starstruck you get what i'm saying I so <laughs> so how have you been able and i don't know if it's easier for you because you are what they are as well and you have you know an audience that loves you like mm -hmm. you may love them so can you tell me how you've been able to have friendships with people that you admire um one reason is they tend to be, in Shaka's case, normal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like really normal, like your auntie, and like <laughs> like on some real at the house chilling, like unbothered and just you know in a moo moo chilling. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. That's 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 a part of it. The other part is that what has what made it easier for me to not remain starstruck because immediately if I respect somebody and love somebody to that extent, an artist, my first reaction is starstruck. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, but then it sinks in that I do what they do. And what makes it relatable when people have those moments with me mm -hmm. is because I still have those moments. Okay. You know what I mean? So when people are like, oh my God, I'm like, baby, I understand. Like I get it. <laughs> and and you know, and you and I respect it and I receive it. But you also just kind of wait for them to come down. Okay. You know, once they get that you're you're present you know, and that you're tangible and they can touch you and they can talk to you and have a conversation and they can feel your normalcy to some extent. Yeah. And then it, you know, makes it easier, you know. Man, I wish I could have talked to you before Whitney passed. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's, that's, what, that's, that's also what made that interview so special. Oh. You know, that's what made it so special. And I'm going to tell you, I, I go back and watch that periodically so that I can laugh. <laughs> <laughs> so that I can laugh. You know, when you make a person like us stand up and turn around and laugh, you're a funny mug. You're, you're a funny mug. <laughs> you know? 
it was, this, it, was it was a one moment in time you know yeah, it was one beautiful time. and um now we have come to the rasan patterson lightning round okay so that means you know what i'm saying if you want to pontificate you can <laughs> That's all of a lightning round, but people, it don't be, it don't be fast. I'm sorry, I'll, I'll do my best to be. Yeah, fast. it's cool. No, it's cool. Do it. Do you? It's your birthday. Yes, it's it your is. birthday. Okay. Yes. Um, late nights or early mornings? Late nights. What makes Rasan the most anxious? Right before I go on stage. Okay. Favorite Rasan song and album. <laughs> a favorite of my own. Yeah, you creating this magic for us. I'm you saying, tell me. You I know love. it's your babies. All right. of them are your babies, and they all are great, and they all represent a specific time. Yeah, and no one point in time is better than the other for me. Okay. In terms of the, the music representing those period. Gotcha. However, um, I will say Heroes and Gods is one work that really encapsulates my whole discography. Mm. It represents all of my recordings. And it's just a um, uh, progressive and reflective piece of work that mirrors everything that I've done. Mm -hmm. So if we want to get to know Rasan right now, from now until until back way back then, we could pick up Heroes and Gods and play it from beginning to end and know who you are. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. when you reimagine it, because that's what got me through my workout this morning. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when you reimagined it in 2021 and, 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 and took it to the club, <laughs> right. that, that was powerful as well. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. You got to pick one. The song you co-wrote, Baby by Brandy. Everybody know, they, they, come on, that's 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 a platinum hit. Back to the World by Tevin Campbell or Ghost that Jody Watley sang. These are all songs that Rasan wrote, but I'm going to have him pick one. The, 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 the number one. Baby? baby, baby Brandy, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, Harlem or the Bronx? The Bronx. Okay. Outside of singing, photographer, filming, or director? Director. Which was harder for you to master on Kids Incorporated, dancing or acting? Dancing. Okay. Rufus and Shaka Khan or Shaka Khan? Eek. <laughs> Damn you. <laughs> That's cold. Oh, that's tough. Fuck. Shaka Khan. You're collaborating with Sade. Ooh. Do you write a new song 
or do you remake one she's already done? Write a new one. Nice. Okay. Pick one of these Rufus songs. Okay. Blue Love, Destiny, or Heaven Bound. I can't stand you. (laughs) I can't stand you. Blue love. Okay, Shaka. Twisted or Our Love is in Danger? Twisted. Okay. Which one? Laying in bed watching documentaries on Netflix or going out to have a house music spiritual moment? Oh, out at the house music. (laughs) So do you like go-go music too? Eh. Okay. Okay, so here's the end. And look, it's your birthday, so you know you can decide. But when I say this, this, this is it. I'm gonna say a name, and I want you to say a word or sing a line that immediately comes to your spirit in this moment. Mm-hmm. Okay, so mm-hmm. you, you ain't got to sing. You know we want you to, but you ain't got to. You can say. <laughs> You can say a word, you know, whatever comes okay. to mind. When when I say, when I mention, um, you know, these names. All right. Sarah Vaughn. Uh, Have you met old Jones? Someone said as we shook hands, he was just old Jones to me. Yes. Whitney Houston. Misunderstood. Misunderstood? Mm-hmm. Okay. Luther, go ahead. You done? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you don't like this. Okay. Luther Vandross. Velvet. Velvet. Nice. Shaka Khan. My baby. Prince. King. Michael Jackson. Alien. Shade. Mona Lisa. <clears throat> Young Thug or Rihanna? Hmm. I like Young Thug's album covers. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Young. Okay. I love Rihanna, though. No, I know you do. I know. Billie Holiday. Mm. Strange Fruit. Shawnee's. Pure heart. Faith Evans. You get snow love from me. And a beast and a beautiful spirit. Tender. 
Yeah. Layla Hathaway. Um, otherworldly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she said in an interview I did with her that if Rasan Patterson is there, I cannot fail. <laughs> so that's what she said about you. Mm. Francis and the lights. Oh. Um, I can't think of the song. That's my favorite. <laughs> Francis and the lights. I can't think of the song. That's my favorite. Um, but I love them. Love them. Yeah. Back to the Kids Incorporated, Fergie. Ferg. Stacy. That's Stacy. Mario Lopez. Oh, wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> si wrestling. Wrestler. Yeah. Cy si Smith. Uh, Aquarius. Jamie Jazz. Love. Rochelle Farrell. Mm. Nano Nano. <laughs> <laughs> and Rasan Patterson. Mm. Blessed. Last question. Today is Rasan's birthday, everybody. So, Rasan, what do you wish for yourself? Ah. Uh content yeah well i want to put this flyer out because it says chicago date coming up january 21st at the cell at the city winery right <laughs> and uh so if y'all in chicago are you know what i'm saying y'all win this lottery that come out the mega millions the okay <laughs> Go on and fly in and see Rasan do okay. his thing. <laughs> and uh, he's got some tour dates coming up. You know what I'm saying? Chicago, Philly, um, blues and jazz. Where, where's that at? Beth? Bethesda, Maryland. Oh, thank you. I was having mm -hmm. a hard time with that hooked on phonics word. Okay. <laughs> and you're going to be in Detroit on yes. the 20 June 21st. June 21st. So, you know, we outside, y'all. We outside. You know yes. what I'm saying? So go and support Rasan Patterson at these shows. And how out if is there anything that you want to uh, you know say to your to your fans? And you know, it's been it's been an absolute thrill for me. Oh, they oh Lynette, Lynette said the shows are sold out. Chicago. Chicago mm -hmm. is. You can come to Philly though. Yeah. He said, or Detroit. Philly can't wait. Yes. Or Maryland. Yeah. There's some other places. Yeah. And Miss, uh, she said, we love you so much, Rasan. Thank you. Thank you. You've got nothing but love in these comments. You know what I'm saying? I just, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I'm just keyed into you. So I don't want you Thank guys you. to think that uh, I ignored you. It's just the way I do. <laughs> right, right, right. How, how it happens sometimes. <laughs> um, just thank you. 
and um, it means the world that people uh, have been impacted, influenced, um, loved in return by me through the music. Um, and it means a lot to be supported all these years and to have been seen and heard, you know, and um, to be able to live in a time where social media allows for uh, people to get a clear view of who you are, if you are someone who is authentic, mm -hmm. you, you know, um, to be relatable in that way, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I think in the past with, with other artists that we know and love, we didn't have that kind of access. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, yes, I do. We yes, didn't have I that do. Kind of access, which yeah. is why um, I think sometimes, as it relates to other artists who some who have passed on, you know, we only had their music and their life in public. Yeah, and and how their hardships translated through mm. media creates a misunderstanding of an individual. Come on. You know, um, it's important for me to share that because over the last, you know, 10, 11, 12, 15 years now with social media, we as performers and artists are able to really be hands-on with people who support what we do. Mm -hmm. And they really get to see who we are if mm -hmm. we allow ourselves to be transparent and real, you know, and um, humanized. Yeah. You know? So social um, media has been a good thing for you. It has been a good thing in that way for a lot of us. Okay. For a lot of us, you know. Um, and social media has presented the opportunity for artists to just be real people. Yeah. Yes, humans. Yeah, just to be real people, you know what I'm saying? So I'm grateful to people, <laughs> you know, who have followed my career since I was 10, you know, and they watched me grow up. Yes, yes. You know, and um, they've grown up with me. Yeah. You know, so that that really is uh, a lot uh, be cherished for me. Um, and I feel that when, when people come to my shows and I get to interact with them afterwards, you know, like there's history. Mm -hmm. There's like the, there's a lot of history there um, with the majority of people mm -hmm. who, who come. Um, I'm grateful to the new people too, <laughs> you know, right? Um, because social media does allow for, you know, the discovery of 
your work yeah through people sharing and reposting and all that kind of stuff so mm-hmm. we get to to see firsthand new people that come into your social media spaces mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying and how um helpful it is when people do repost and share stuff you know because yeah. it turns turns you on turns you on to people that may not have ever had the opportunity mm-hmm. to, to to discover who you are and what you do so and it goes and it goes back so far like before i let you go i want to know when you look at that clip that we look at of you on star search when i, I mean like when you was talking about your dad, I was like, you must have got your charisma from him because the mm-hmm. way in which you you weren't just I stole a um that's the wrong word. I reposted <laughs> uh, uh the clip from Star Search. From Star Search, no, I re uh-huh. I reposted a clip that you had of Whitney talking about I don't just sing, I entertain. And that Star Search clip of you from such a young age embodies that you didn't Mm -hmm. just sing you entertain and have been doing so since then since the beginning when you look at that do you see what we see i do i do i see what you see and that is the wonderful thing about youtube (laughs) (laughs) is that you know YouTube has me as a child, you know? Yeah. People can access to see me as a child. So I get to have those moments also. Good. Cause you I was know just what like, I mean? Because it's you. Because it's you. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But when I, yeah. that, that clip is so contagious. When I, I'm just like, look at him. Like he's been doing this for 50 years. Okay, and at that point it was only two years. Um, but if it, it came across like, you know what I'm saying? You Shirley Temple up in here. You've been doing this. Basically. <laughs> um, but it's funny, when I see that clip, I also think about how um there were people at the time who took issue with the fact that I was gonna be on the show. Because I was already on TV. I was already on Kids Incorporated. Oh, right. Like why he gets to be on there. But I was able to be on there because I was a part of an ensemble with Kids Incorporated. This was a solo opportunity. Yes. You yes. know, um, and so many memories come up when I see that clip. Also, I only performed on there because Shanice did it the year before. He's also amazing. Yeah. And it was just an opportunity to sing. And I really loved to sing at that you, age. You entertained us, too. You didn't just... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you said you went up there singing Mary Had a Little Lamb. like, And then right. you, you had the, the cuteness, the camera angles, you looking at us. You, I mean, I was just like, wow. I mm. said Shirley Temple. I should have said mm. Michael, Michael mm. Jackson, because mm. just the charisma, you know what I'm saying, at Thank such you. an age. And then having the vocal ability to deliver what your face and your body is giving. <laughs> I'm like, Thank wow. You. 
And, you know, and then to fast forward and see Rasan on stage uh, coming up in Chicago in 2023, mm-hmm. you about to get the same thing on a mm-hmm. dip, deeper, different, you know, evolutionary level. But mm-hmm. that same core mm-hmm. remains. Mm-hmm. It does. It does. It does. Um, that moment was wonderful for me. Uh, it turned bittersweet because after I won, the other two um, competitors in the category, when we went backstage, they were heartbroken and they were crying. And their fathers were comforting them. And it was in that moment that I realized that I was not about the competitive aspect of singing. And that that wasn't something that made me feel good. Because for me, it wasn't about winning. Mm-hmm. It was an opportunity to sing and be exposed, mm-hmm. but I wasn't there to win. Yeah, you know what I mean. I I yeah. had already experienced a win by being on TV, but when I saw how heartbroken they were, and them crying, and then like their fathers comforting them, I was like, mm, mm. I don't really like that part of it, which is why. You know, with these competitive singing shows now, like I respect the fact that it creates opportunities for people. Mm-hmm. I just don't like yeah. competitive part of it. <clears throat> and yeah. that stemmed from Star Search when I, after winning and then seeing how much hope people put into that moment and, and their desire to achieve a win and an opportunity, you know, because my life was not based on that and rooted in that and, mm-hmm. and how my trajectory has been, I don't identify with that. Mm-hmm. With the desire, like, oh my God, I want yeah. you so bad. Yeah. You know, I understand it though. Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, that moment I just was like, "Oh, this is this doesn't feel good." Mm. You know what I mean? So I won and was like, "Oh, I won!" But then it was like, "Oh, right, right." Because let's not forget that you were still a kid too. Exactly. You know, and I wasn't the type of kid that was like, "Oh, whatever." You know what I mean? <laughs> right. I, I actually took in the moment. I was actually present to walking by and seeing mm. and stopping to watch the fathers comfort their sons, you know? Mm-hmm. And that didn't make me feel good. Wow. Well, I'm I'm glad because you're a collaborative spirit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, totally. and, and so you're supported, but you also support others. And uh, we need more of that, just period. Mm-hmm. No matter what Great. you do. No matter what you do. Well, I don't want you to get out of here without doing a drop for me. You got to say, okay. I'm resigned. You watch this do something. I got to have this for life. <laughs> okay. What's up? This is Rasan Patterson, and you're watching Quincy. On Studio Q. On Studio Q. <laughs> on Studio Q. Yeah. Hey, what's up? This is Rasan Patterson, and you're watching Quincy on Studio Q. Oh my God! Thank you, Rasan. This now has the been- fact that you made me do a drop in front of whoever's watching. <laughs> is crazy. 
You ain't even you ain't even wait till after the shit was over. We camera. <laughs> shit. And them 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 drops. Oh my god. Like that's the part of the whole like when you be doing promo and stuff, like, can you do me this drop? This <laughs> them drops be a mug. Them drops be a mug. Man, this has been so wonderful. Like the first interview of the Thank year. You. Thank you for having me be the first one. Yeah. And I mean, you know, to be quite honest, I mean, I just don't know who coming next after this. I just really go. I'm going to do like, I'm going to do it the yeah, song, but I'm going to take my time. Exactly. And let it come to you. Yeah. yeah. Because these are the kind of, these are the kind of conversations that mean something to mm -hmm. me to the people that are watching. And I'm sure you could tell that I'm just not asking you your favorite color. Oh, right. <laughs> and, and I hope you can tell that my answers, you know, go further than where they would go if you did ask me what my favorite <laughs> And I just want you to know I had to pray because I'm like, you know, I'm loud and oh, quiet. Listen, listen. <laughs> Listen, when I tell you, I could be loud. People that know me know that. Yeah, yeah. I figured that. I said, I said, God is still, you know, God, God, move me. I just want to make sure I don't over talk him or no, 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 because no. you know your answers are so good. They so good. They so good. Your questions I, are so good. Ah, thank yeah. you. I live yeah, for that yeah. answer. Thank yeah. you so much. You're so welcome. And what you doing for your birthday? I'm gonna go see those kids right now. Yay! Yes. Yes. Get some of that love for my birthday. Yay! And then I'm gonna see where the rest of the thing takes me. Nice. Well, I wish yeah. you a happy birthday. Thank everybody, you. everybody in this comment section is giving you so much love. And mm -hmm. uh, I'm wishing that for you for this year and every Thank year you. afterwards. Thank you so much. See you in these internet streets. Yes, I can't wait to meet you in person too, though. Now, can I can I just say off top, based on what I learned from you, <laughs> you are you already my friend. I'm coming in for a hug. Okay, okay exactly, exactly. <laughs> Shit, I knew you when I saw that interview. I said, oh, okay. Yes, yes. Yeah. So I'm yeah. not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not making the same mistake twice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I look forward to it though. I do too. I can't wait to see you sing live. I really can. I mean. You know, I've only seen it on YouTube, but I look forward to the opportunity to be like the rest of the people in the comment section with a story mm, about, uh, seeing, about seeing you perform. I look forward to that. Yay. Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you. all uh, Yeah. Tell a friend to tell a friend to go see Rasan. Pick up that, you know, Heroes and Gods album. Follow him on Instagram. You know what? During this whole freaking interview, I had a banner for you. For you, all your social, <laughs> <laughs> every single Twitter, oh, Facebook, yeah. and this is when I'm running it. It's all we good. stand goodbye. It's all right. It's all right. Because <laughs> had it been running the whole time, it would have felt like the news. <laughs> That's true. Very CNN. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we're not. Right. We're not doing that. Yeah. yeah. Well, love you so much for taking the time you on your so actual birthday. Yes. To, yes. to to talk with me and allow your fans to access you yes that's a huge honor so have a great birthday thank you so much
Peace, you guys. Thank you for joining.